Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 13. I am Andy Acosta. My friends Eddie Sines and Brian Lovinos will be joining me as well. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears once again for the next couple hours. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So episode number 13, we hit a lot of awesome topics. It started with my fast, which I hadn't exactly planned on going in detail, but I do give this account of my 72-hour fast that I did last week. And I was able to tie that into pushing limits, pushing your comfort zone, pushing the norm, you know, versus falling into a state of complacency or normalness, I guess. You know, I feel like it's okay to be normal, but in order to be yourself, in order to get to get on your creative side, sometimes you have to push boundaries. You have to ask questions. You have to ask the right questions. Finally, we talk about abusing systems versus not using a system at all. Maybe even find you finding or seeing only the negative aspects of a system, such as social media, instead of using it to better whatever you're trying to accomplish so without further ado here is moving with life because that's like all i've known for like five girls so you you assume it's gonna be a short-lived thing or or that's your fear for this coming for this current now like you're realizing that fear that that's a that's a fear a fear just because, like, okay, well, we had that weird moment where things got kind of shaky, and I was just kind of like, no! And then right. the world went, Poosh! Yeah. And I was like, there it goes. The, here it is. It's coming. Yeah. Short-lived again. And, like, that <laughs> fear just kind of inked back, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's not a great feeling. And I should probably just stop thinking about it, but Katie says that I think about it way too much. You and might think about do. it way too deep, too. Yeah. Instead of well, I'm a thinker. Instead of letting the grass grow, you know, week to week, as, as opposed to like day to day, or think about how much it grew today, which is probably zero to point zero zero one. Yeah. Maybe in the bigger picture, this is this is a good thing. Like it's helping me flush shit out. I don't know. What are you gonna say? Well, no, what? you know how they say like that. You know, I guess arguing kind of strengthens a relationship. So this is like small bump in the road but maybe it'll bring things together better maybe maybe um my other main thing that i had to like stop myself because i was like dude like it's so like early why are you even thinking about that at all was like she's um i would say uh, very much more religious than i am um like it's there for me but it's like a very personal journey like i don't enjoy going to church at all it's a very individual thing for me is where i, I feel it mm-hmm and um, and she very much enjoys going to church and has, like, mentioned, like, inviting past boyfriends to church. And I'm just like, like, we're going to cross that bridge when we get I'm there. not your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, okay, well, well, I just want to pinpoint as before you, before, right before you continue. Okay, sorry. Go, go, sorry. Go, no, go ahead, go ahead. To, go ahead. to right. wrap up my point yes. before you go into it, it's just, like, I, like, started to, like, feel worried that, like, wow, like, I'm not, like, into God enough for this girl. Like, mm. that's, like, what it felt like today. And I was just like, I've got to stop overthinking. Like, Eddie Science, I know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> all I was going to say, this is, all, this is the only point that I'm, I'm liking, that I'm hearing, is that you're realizing 
what the fear is as opposed to taking out taking it out on the person so at least if you have the fear you know what the fear is you can combat that as opposed to making it exclusively the maybe the person's fault it's like hey wait this is a, you're realizing internally like hey this is a me thing that you know i don't know that's all i wanted to pinpoint was that you're seeing it's a fear it's like okay we're now you can start figuring out the fear as opposed to you can let for now you can let the church thing go yeah interesting Inter- interesting introspective point from you yeah as i don't know i just like i'm trying not to envision down the road too much because it just doesn't that's not healthy yeah I to think me you it just is get over it this. isn't healthy you know like yeah work through this little bump that's why just i brought going. beer <laughs> <laughs> good call yeah yeah purple haze mm-hmm. anyways that's kind of been my day Sounds yeah. Well, I guess mentally productive because for me, like I said, I'm I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna tell in that fear that you realize it's a fear as opposed to you know something that can be just handled today now and get you know flush it out and be done with it. Is this making the show? Uh, I I started at I started it at a certain point, not the entire thing. Okay, I don't want to. Because I was still no no no. I was still mic checking a lot of it. Okay. Um, um, if anything, I'll cut when I listen back. I'll, I'll determine at the end, but for now, it's all good. Um. Interesting because what I plan on titling this podcast is trade-offs because I had a, I went through my 72-hour fast, which I hadn't done in a couple months. I had been doing intermittent fasting, but not, uh, not, not 72 hours, which is generally good for the body. But um, like I said, I, had been, I, I didn't know as many facts as I do now. So I decided to do it again, right, 72 hours and just pull through it. So, the main trade-off that I got out of it, in a macro picture, is do I not eat and have better brain function, but need more sleep, or eat normally, sleep less, and have better body function, physical body function? That's like the biggest thing that I got out of this week for me. That is a very interesting um, dilemma you got there. Go on, please. Well, well, okay. Go, we'll go back to uh, really Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, talk, and especially Jocko and them, they talk about you know how fasting is just good. You know, it's good for the mind, it's good for the soul and whatnot. Well, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who comes out several times throughout the Joe Rogan experience, uh, the particular one that I listened to is episode, I believe, nine hundred and ten is the latest one she was been on. It's either nine ten or nine nineteen. I think it's nine ten. Um, right before Neil deGrasse Tyson. She goes into, like, the legitimate, like, regeneration of cells in your immune system. Like, that's what fasting helps you do. And I, I just didn't know that. I don't know if anybody else did. I didn't. I just, when I, when I did my first 72-hour fast in November, it was strictly to weight cut. Strictly just to, just that. I didn't have anything else in mind. And I didn't necessarily fail, but I was miserable. Like, it, it just, it just hurt. You know, <laughs> I, I, I pushed, I guess... In the bigger picture, I pushed to the mental thing, but um, it was way more mentally stressful than it was this time. And I assume it's because of the facts I have. So my last meal was Sunday night at approximately 9.30, 10 o'clock, when me and Eddie finished the episode for what just I just posted yesterday. So at that point, I had already determined or decided that I was going to fast for the next 72 hours. 
So come Monday, well, naturally your body still has things in it. So it's it wasn't terrible. Um, my body was in and out of like, oh, I, I probably would have had a snack now or I probably would have this now. And uh, at that moment, I started just, because you're supposed to drink water, obviously, right? But at that moment is when I just started chugging water. Like that's what I basically subbed my meals for in essence or snacks. So that was Monday. And Monday was, like I said, pretty smooth. And I, I assume it's because I still had nutrients from sa- from Sunday. You know, I had, it hadn't even been 24 hours since I had something, in, you know, food to process. Mm-hmm. Come Tuesday, I notice that my my brain function, even a bit of my eyesight, because I, like I said, I don't know, I mean, you guys know that I use glasses when I have to drive. But I specifically do that because I, I don't plan on getting another prescription for forever. And, uh, but I will say from my account is that my eyesight got a little better and my brain function just I just felt more keen like if I was editing the podcast I was like listening and I was my brain was in tuned my body was saying otherwise because by this time I, I still went to jujitsu I still worked out so all variables stay the same except for the food that's the only that's the only control that I, that's the only thing that I did I still worked out I still went to jujitsu I still drank a ton of water um, so Monday and Tuesday, let me just side note this. So Monday and Tuesday, I drank 1.25 gallons of water, 1.25 Monday, 1.25 Tuesday. So by Tuesday, I was, that cleansing was starting to happen, but my brain function was way more just keen. Like it was like alpha brain times 10. So it's almost like an, and I wonder if it's because I know I don't have nutrients to like help my body function, that my brain is like signaling like, hey, you need to pay attention more specifically to details. I don't know. I don't know what that's up. These are questions that I'd like to ask Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Tim Ferriss, you know, at some point. Yeah, I feel like maybe your brain was just kind of like more on alert because it was kind of like like blindsided, like what the fuck, I don't have food. Right, I completely agree. So by Tuesday night, I uh, I started, of course, getting fatigue, muscle fatigue. Um but my mind was fine. Well, even, well, okay, moving on from there, by Tuesday night, I did go to sleep at a quote-unquote normal time, you know, by like 10, 11 o'clock. I think it was well before midnight, I think, because I knew I uh, didn't have anything mandatory to get done, so I felt like I could rest. So that was Tuesday. So Wednesday, I am full-fledged body fatigue, but my brain is still fully functioning, like, like well-functioning. By Wednesday noon, I could have gone two or three more days without food, just based on brain function. Now, I also gave my, I mean, I, I want to side note this, is that I gave this account on my Tumblr, uh, which is Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S, dash, for, dash, all, kratosforall.tumblr.com. Um, but what I was going to tell about Wednesday is that, no, no, t- Tuesday night was a quarter show, right? Sorry, so by Tuesday night was when I got, well, I, was, I was starting to feel full fatigue. But my brain function was fine. I know for Tuesday, some of that fatigue was because I still worked out that evening with no food. I just pure water. But I was in the parking lot, and I got there before everybody because uh, I finished my workout, and that, that's, I mean, I, I, was, I had time. I had time, so I just, like, I said, let me go straight to the quarter. I'm going to read a few pages in my book that I'm on. And then by the time I'm done reading, the guys will get here. We'll start setting up. I'll start setting up, blah, blah, blah. Well, in, a, in, a, in, in an instant, I woke up in a flight or flight stage. And I was like, 
and that fight or flight first i thought of five questions i was like okay what's going on what's going on how long have i been asleep is are the guys here am i late those are the main questions and it was a fight or flight state and lasts about 15 seconds max until i finally came to and i'm like okay it's this time and i'm good i'm still gonzo hadn't gone there yet eddie so i was teaching so that was that but after that, we started the show at the quarter, and I was perfectly fine. I was per- like, as far as my brain function, like I said, the body fatigue was there, but it didn't matter. Like my mind was able to push past that, and I was still able to play. I was still able to sing. I was still able to, you know, uh, cool thing. Danny and Yoli, shout out to them for going out and hanging out with us at the quarter that uh, that evening. Uh, so they were there hanging out and whatever, and and of course they know about my fast, so they were asking me, "Hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing?" I'm like, and I told them, like, I'll be honest with you. My body's almost almost feels like shit, but my brain function is amazing. I love my brain function at this moment. I, I really liked it because... I, I almost expected Danny to come with, like, emergency snacks. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, no, he, you know, he he was very curious, and Yoli was just as curious because, of course, no, Yoli goes and trains. Danny is a trainer. You know, he, he knows about cutting weight, and he knows about fasting to cut weight. But, like I said, I a lot of it, I feel, had to do with uh, the fact... That I had more facts about what good comes out of the fat, out of fasting. I'm just like amazed that you lasted the entire three days. Because for me, like just to run two miles, like I get to a mile and a half, I'm like, come on, man, you're almost there. No, you can stop now. No, you're almost <laughs> there. Come on. Like, like, and that's just two miles of running for me. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, like it's it's a self experiment thing that it. I know it will vary, and I'm going to get to my final conclusions um, when I finish the story. So let me let me just continue. So then Wednesday, I wake up. I slept in, actually, Wednesday. See, I had work. No, I didn't sleep in because we had the gig, and then I worked at 9, around 6.30 a.m. So we did the gig, got home at midnight, 12.30. Um, I did go to sleep immediately. Usually, I stay awake, and I actually ha- have something to eat. Obviously, I, well, I'm not eating at this time, so I had water, and I went to sleep. Got up at 5.45, 5.30, 45, got to work on time. Everything was good. I was, real t- I was there till 9. And usually after that, I'd go to the library and i read or I'd do research. I came straight back home on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. I was just deadbeat. Half of it had to do with the gig. You know, I still had an evening that, you know, whatever. But I felt more tired than normal, than usual. I slept comfortably. I, I woke up comfortably. I didn't, you know... Usually I put alarms, you know, I only allow myself to have like a, even a 20 minute nap. It's like very, very beneficial to me most times. So that was Wednesday. Obviously Wednesday lunch is when I started noticing that my mind's like, hey, you're hungry, but you can keep going. Like it was, it, the, the hunger pains, quote unquote, were very much more timed by Wednesday. Like, hey, like normally you eat lunch at this time. But then the, the the dichotomy of my mind says, but you're on a fast and you're not going to eat till later, right? So by Wednesday, I felt I felt in full control. And that's what I was telling right you guys right now that by Wednesday, I felt I could go for another two, three days. Like I was good. I could have gone another couple of days. So Wednesday was also the first day that I didn't finish a gallon of water. And I started, my even with all the water I've been drinking, I 
I started to become, stu- I, in a sense, I would call it dehydration. My mouth started drying out. Uh, I started getting like some type of like, I guess when you, when you swallow, like your throat comes up and like it kind of like rubs the top of the roof of your mouth. So I started getting like, like a chafe feeling and it started burning, like it started hurting. And I'm assuming it's because of all the water. Like I drank two and a half gallons of water in two days and then almost a gallon of water on the third day. So I'm assuming it's just the constant drinking that, you know, it's like when you put, the way I compared it is when you put water in your hands and you get like, kind of like a, like it gets real wrinkly. Yeah. Real pruning on your hands. That's what I assume is what happened with the roof of my mouth. So that's a, what I called it in my Tumblr post is that was a con to it like that. Cause, um, what I want to gain to be able to do is a seven day fast. Cause that also has its own incremental, uh, uh, value. You know, it, it does good for, it's just good for your body. I know. Tim Ferriss does a three-day three, three day fast every month, and every quarter he'll do a seven-day fast. Once every quarter he does a seven-day fast. So um, I need to get back to the to his books as far as why the seven-day fast is beneficial. But for now, what I learned was that it was the immune system. And then back to Wednesday. Um, so, yeah. I'll, and then uh, I still worked in the afternoon, too. So I was at the gym, like, most of the day. You know, I was back and forth. But... Um, by this time, I was definitely feeling way more fatigue in my muscles. You know, I, it was a different fatigue. You know, I could feel it in my joints and my muscles. Normally, it's just soreness. No, this was pure fatigue. Like, I was, like, ready to give out. Like, my, my muscles were, okay, hey, man, you know, figure out what you're going to do next. You know, while my brain was saying, hey, you can go another three days, another two, three days. Um, and my body was obviously, my physical capabilities are not to where I'd want them to be yet. Mm-hmm. So then... Come Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, and I hit my 48 hour, my 72 hours, sorry. I hit my 72 hours at 10 p.m. Wednesday, and I had my first small meal. And I literally had a fourth of what I normally ate, and I felt great. And I actually text Brian at this. I sent him, like, a little surfing emoji because my brain was, like, felt like, woohoo! Like, it literally felt like my like I was just surfing. And for those next 12 hours... It's probably where I felt the most optimal, because once I ate my first full meal at lunchtime, I wasn't I was optimal, but not as optimal as I was within that first twelve hours of that smaller meal. Um, so that was Thursday, Thursday. So Wednesday late night, I still ate. Like I literally ended my seventy-two hours, which was ten p.m. Sunday to ten p.m. Wednesday, and I had a meal. You're not supposed to have a. I mean, you shouldn't eat late. But I was like, well, I need to finish the podcast. So I finished editing. So I'm like, well, I might as well have a little meal. I'm like, I can eat something. Because um, I did read that if you eat, of course, too heavy of food or, like, too much oils or stuff, um, you can potentially get sick, right? So I'm like, well, I have kale. I have broccoli. I have carrots. I have some chicken. I'm like, let me just have until my body says stop. And that's what I did. It was, and it was literally, like, maybe, like, four to five ounces of chicken and some broccoli, kale, and carrots, you know, which normally I ate, like, almost a pound of chicken per day. And then, you know, a few stalks of broccoli and kale and carrots. You know, that's what, that's what I'll normally eat for dinner, for dinner. And that just didn't happen. So, like I said, but by Thursday, Friday, today's Friday, I'm pretty much back to normal eating-wise. Um, my brain does feel good. Um, my brains just feel re-nourished. That's how I feel today. So, it's been interesting. But, I've been, but I'm back to my less sleeping, and I, it's an interesting dichotomy. In the end, like I said, it, before when I started this tangent was that do I want to have more sleep, more brain function, more physical fatigue, or do I want to eat, have a reasonable amount of brain function and sleep less? You know, man, what? I really want to try it. 
it's it's interesting. So so I gave everybody my account. Um, I know some people have read it off Tumblr. Um, because I gave the pros, the cons, and then my what I got out of it. So, what I'm telling people to do who want to maybe try this to see how it affects them, is, um, I would say also for one, listen to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. There's there's specifically a piece in there that just talks about all fasting, like 10, 15 minutes, not that long. So at least you can get the facts, but what could what that can do is precurse your brain function to know that you're getting good out of this fast. It's not just, oh, let me try this and see what happens. Like, oh, you have these facts circling in your head. It's like, I know that definitely placeboed my will to get through the d- three days with, you know. And then, but while paying attention is, you know, by the third day, it's like, hey, I could go in three days. Fuck yeah. The thing is, my physical, my physical being said no. Like, hey, you need to get some different liquids, get some food in you. Um, yeah, so that that so sorry. Let me let me. This was my final point. This was my final point. Is that if you want to attempt fasting, I suggest start with either circadian, which Rhonda talks about, or intermittent, which is only a little more extraneous, but it's about the same thing. Um, I know Brian, um, you kind of started circadian a little bit. Um, yeah. it's only been a couple of days, so I'm still I'm still gonna hold off. Maybe till next week to get to your accounts. I don't know if you yeah. felt any difference now, but I know you just recently started within the last 48 hours or so. Yeah, um, well, Tuesday, but... Okay. But, yeah, no, no, no. Um, So, Tuesday, I started it after dinner, and then Wednesday, I had, like, a headache, and I was just kind of in a bad state, sort of, but after lunch, like, I felt awesome, and then fasting into Thursday, that was... I felt fine. Like, I I felt better each day about yeah. it. Didn't even, didn't even get hungry until, you know, the, the goal was fast 13 hours and i think today um yesterday going into today was i was like at 17 and i still i felt awesome like, yeah so so what i suggest is going circadian which is what brian's on and I, i'll explain that in a second and then there's intermittent which is to me i use intermittent because we travel a lot so that intermittent allows me to eat almost whenever i want it's still not optimal it's not as optimal as circadian because circadian ties back to your actual biology and the biology of a human being um, it's your biological clock. Yeah, your actual your actual biological clock, which is twelve hours day, twelve hours night, is basically you. When the sun comes up, you have your first meal. Before the sun goes down, you have your last meal, and you fast overnight. That's that's the general synopsis of circadian. Intermittent mine because my busier part, the busier parts of my days are actually noon until ten p.m. Or like I'll get home at ten p.m. So that allows me to eat at ten p.m. So that's why it's it's. My own circadian, but it's, it is intermittent fasting. To be theoretically correct, it's intermittent because it's not according to my biological clock or the biological clock of a general human. What's funny is before all this conversation happened, I would have told you, nah, man, I eat what I want when I want, God damn it. But now I really want to try fasting. Like, this sounds very interesting. I've never researched the topic. I've only ever heard you guys talk about it just mm-hmm. now, right now. Knew you were both doing it, had no clue what was going on. Right. This, this is very interesting to me. Uh, I, I that's, that's good. That that's one of the actually. This is I'm gonna now tell this into the the crunch of the podcast for today was uh, pushing the norm, you know, versus the dichotomy of being complacent, not pushing the norm, not pushing yourself. You know, one of the questions I had written down was when was the last time you pushed yourself physically and or mentally. Whether you did one where you worked out as hard as you could and you did, you feel great after and you feel, you feel all those hormones running through your body. 
or pushing your brain, you know, uh, getting past what Brian has now surpassed of the mental break. Like, oh, my God, like your brain's used to eating at this time or whatever, you know. Um, even another client because she's like, hey, she she brought up fasting. So I told her, oh, yeah, I'm on a 72-hour fast right now. So um, she's like, yeah, she's like, I, I couldn't do it, though. I'm like, I'm like, what happened? I'm like, give me your give me your story. Did you die? <laughs> right, yeah. I'm like, give me your story. She's like, she's like, I started getting headaches and like her head. I'm like, yeah, it's I'm like. It's way more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing. I'm like, right now, I'm on, you know, over two gallons of water in two days. I'm over halfway done. But it's way more mental game. Like anything else. You know, honestly, like anything else. It's it's putting the action and beating your mind to get something done. I don't know if you have any more questions, Eddie, uh, as far as, like, that goes. Not at the, uh, at the moment, currently. Um, I don't want to dive, like, too far into the nitty-gritty of stuff um, yeah. like I kind of want to. Um, we can do and don't. Well, I don't. I don't want to like waste your like waste the time. I'm sure you have other things with the podcast. I don't want to make it all about fasting. Right. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. Because um, because if you allow me to do this, we're gonna talk about it for like two hours. Two hours. <laughs> and then the title of the podcast becomes fasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, man. It. The the part that I, the, what I wanted to mention and because I want to bring in like the topic of jujitsu just for a second not the not the details of like what I do but so basically the way my dad sees me going to jujitsu he's like oh so you're going to get be- you're going to get beat up today I think at some point I might have mentioned to both of you or one of you or something yeah or maybe on the podcast as at the past couple weeks but he's like oh you're you're gonna go beat up today I'm like yeah sure if that's what if that's the way you see it but my payoff what I realized this week. And maybe this helped through my fasting of seeing him go out and go do his, his miles, which he had, he, he's been doing good. Like, or he does good. He had just gotten a little inconsistent for like maybe the past couple of weeks. And I've been, I've been able to go to jujitsu more often. Again, I had maybe once a week where I go try to go three, four times a week. I hadn't been able to. So this week I was able to, and, uh, what I got out of it was if it takes me to beat myself up to get you to go better yourself even a little bit, then I'm willing to do that. That That's what I got out of it today Cause, or within this week because I saw it yesterday because he's like, he, he laughs at me, but then I'm like, but it gets you out of the house. Like I kind of, I kind of, I do kind of parallel that is me doing this extraneous work in the sense and but seeing him go do his miles, you know, he's out there for an hour running and jogging and walking and running. What thing that I love that he does is that he runs backwards to do to do all the extra muscles. And I'm like, that's stuff that I won't I won't do it now. <laughs> you know, I yeah. won't run backwards for half a mile. You know, like he will. Like he'll he'll go do that. You know, it's like cool. But well, I'm just gonna tell that to the main thing is pushing the norm. You know, I don't know if you guys have a, have. I, I'd like to get some of your accounts of. The last time you pushed the norm or um, maybe considering pushing your norm and doing that, you know, doing something new or um, anyway. Yeah, just just an account, the count of that of any time that you guys can think of pushing yourself mentally and or physically. Well, not necessarily pushing like the norm, but I've definitely been way more detail oriented and way more analytical at work and that's not necessarily my choice but i i do enjoy it because it it's pushing me to do that extra work that extra investigation that extra analysis that i wasn't used to before 
And I believe that it's only going to help me, you know, in my work ethic and, and in the type of work that I put out, you know, to, to do all that extra research and yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right, right, I, sorry, because right. I'm I'm starting yeah. to think about it. I'm just like, right, it's like it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. Well, even this week. Well, I mean, you haven't stayed. I don't think you stayed late all week. But you, when you had those extra details to find, you know, like year date stuff, and then last year's numbers yeah. compared to this year, it's and Wednesday, Thursday, and today that I I stayed late. You stayed a little bit late. Yeah. To to get stuff done. And I can almost guarantee I'm staying late Monday. For some reason, my boss felt very generous and was like, Nah, don't don't worry about the weekend. Just We'll figure it out Monday. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, but for how long? <laughs> yeah. Right, how long will this go on? Well, I guess for me, physically, the best example I could give would be when I'm running. Mm. Um, and this will happen occasionally. Um, okay, so I took like two weeks off from running because I was just like, like I just got lazy, honestly. Yeah. You know, I got super lazy. Um, half the time couldn't find the time. Uh, to really squeeze in, or rather not couldn't find it, but didn't make the time yeah, to the do extra, it. Right. And um, so I took like two weeks off. And um, well, like getting back into it has been really rough, not going to lie. Yep. Um, my mile time used to be about seven minutes, 15 seconds. It started when I got back into it um, this past week and a half ago or so. Um, it was like 8.30 a mile. <laughs> so it was, yeah. Minute. It was pretty slow, and it was pretty grueling, and it really sucked. And I was, like, super tired, like, just a mile in. And I'd be like, God damn it, like, I still have, like, another mile to go at least because I just, uh, at the minimum, do two miles. But, I mean, I completed everything. I didn't stop, like, as much as I wanted to. Like, I, I didn't stop, you know. Right. But then, um, like, there was one day um, earlier in the week on Monday where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm really tired of, like, feeling shitty about this. Like, don't care if it takes me the whole hour. I'm going to run a 5K. So I'm just going to – I'm going to run that extra mile. I'm going to do the 3.1, 3.2, or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I did the 3.1, and it fucking sucked, but I did it. Good. So And and that in itself was kind of like a physical push and a mental push. Yes. Because – I will concur for you. Yeah, because mentally I just wanted to – no. Just just want to stop. Um, Other mental examples for me, I feel like every time I sit down to write a song, I'm – like persevering through a mental uh, challenge, mm-hmm. especially when it doesn't come like magic. You know what I mean? Um, songwriting is like half the equation is magic, like magic substance. We don't know where it comes from. And then the other half of the magic is the time and work you put in to decipher the other shit, like the other magic that, you know, that you need to, to create an awesome song. And, uh, you know, so it's just a big balance like that. And for me, it's like, okay, I've got, I feel like I've got the magic and then I get into it like four lines and I'm like, um, I'm out of magic. That's it. And that's all I've got. I've got like a cool one line, two line thing or whatever. And that's it. And, um, like the mental, like, uh, perseverance through that, um, never ceases to amaze me. Cause if I just keep pushing and keep digging for the idea and just stay focused and on track and remind myself to eat at some point because I will forget to eat lunch. Um, I'll get a song done if it takes me four or five hours, six hours, right. and it'll be badass. It'll be cool, and I'll be super proud of it. And some songs recently um, have been coming out like that. One came out for me like that uh, two days ago, actually. Pretty good name. Yeah. Yeah, what, I, what I'm just going to add to your 
pushing mentally and physically is that it literally helps your brain function. It literally sends out the neurons and all that stuff that shoots out and uh, all the pieces of your brain that your hippocampus and all that stuff. It literally helps regenerate and keep the cells healthy. And uh, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just going to concur for you because that stuff that it's, and it's also on the podcast. It's, uh, sorry, I was completely wrong. So Joe Rogan with Dr. Rhonda Patrick, episode 901 is the episode um, where she just go, they just go full fledged. And there's some stuff they talk about surfing and whatnot, but all I, I actually listened to the whole podcast again this week as I was going through my fast and I timestamped everything to see, hey, okay, I want this, I want this, I don't want that. I don't care. I don't really care at the moment for that, for surfing. I don't surf. There's no water here. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about it. But, uh, but yeah, she talks about like the super ager. Uh, you got, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Cameron Haynes. I know Gonzo has. He's a bow hunter. Gonzo talks about him all the time, uh, more frequently than not. Um, I only know him because my cousin who lives in Alaska first introduced me to him back in like 2012, 2013. Like this was before like Cameron Haynes is now. Like my cousin knew about him back when he was like still building his brand, you know, on, on social media and whatnot. Super cool. Guy. But Rhonda talks about him and the way he's a super ager because that guy, I mean, he he's a He's able to be a professional bow hunter because of the sponsorships he has, and, he has and stuff. But his work ethic and the the food he eats, and then how hard he does push himself. Like I think last year he did. It's called like the Bigfoot 200 or something. 236 miles running, and it's over. I think Joe Rogan says like 50,000 feet of elevation differences, like of landscape. Oh. And so you're running that, and like at some points, top speed is two point something miles. An hour, which is basically it's slower than a than a fast walk, and because of how because of the terrain that you get as low as two point whatever miles an hour because that's how extraneous it is. But anyways, tying keeping this on the science part is is that where you know when you push yourself mentally like that, whether it's running a three uh, three point miles, which is a five k, or doing extra work at work, you know that stuff it literally physically hormonally helps your brain better itself and there's like food and stuff that can go into like as we progress through the podcast not all today because it it, it will turn into that as well for me because like i said i've literally spent you know hours on this topic because of my fast because i'm now trying to deal with stuff and or not deal with it but experiment on myself you know um using my body as a system of experimentation interesting can i ask you a quick question that you might know the answer to absolutely um because i don't um so I said, had mentioned that I took two weeks off from running, mm-hmm. being lazy. Um, before I started getting into running, about maybe six or seven months ago, something like that. Um, maybe a little less, but either way. Um, I weighed like 155, dropped like 10 pounds, um, and maintained that weight at about 145. Maintained it for a good while. You dropped 10 pounds as you started running? Yeah, like I was okay. consistently doing my running thing. So I, I dropped 10 pounds, 145, and that was consistent as long as I stayed running and doing what I was doing. And so uh, I was out of it for a couple of weeks, dropped all the way down to 137. That kind of makes sense. So think about it like this. When you first start running, your body is adapting because now, now you have more adrenaline. Now you have more endorphins. Now you have all the good stuff, even serotonin. You have all that good stuff running through you. So you start developing muscle mass through the running because you're using your arms, you're using your legs, you start developing muscle mass. Once you stop feeding those muscles, 
then you start losing muscle mass. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So that that's in general. If that, that's as general as I can think to not get any inf- information wrong, but that's what happens, and that's why even at nine round when these people sign up, it's like, well, you need to come in because if you don't come in, you know, you lose so much. But then if you don't, if you gotta stay consistent, you know. And so I, I, yeah, that that's the most general I can think of of your situation. That that's why, because you do develop muscle mass, but once you stop feeding those muscles, you have no blood circulating to them. I feel dumb for even asking. I should have known no, that. No, no, no. I love questions. That's, that's the whole point. <laughs> I feel like that was like such an eighth grade health class question. <laughs> Why would? Like, all he was worried about is saying have protected sex. Don't have sex at all. Was that what he was worried about? We had the same health class. <laughs> by the way. I, is I that know. what he was trying to say? I don't, thing know if, is, I don't know if you guys remember. What we I, all had the same had, health class. Had, oh, really? Okay, me okay. and Andy had the same. Okay, what I do recall about that class was because of certain uh, acquaintances of ours that started talking about all that stuff. I'm pretty sure that's why Coach still, you know, he still did that. You know, it, it, it was more of a a general thing, like, you know, feeding the seed of, hey, you know, don't be, don't be an idiot. Because I'll never forget one time he's like, you know, don't forget about the next 15 years for the next, these next 15 minutes. Ah, but it's so hard to do that when you're in the yeah. moment. Yeah, no, it's, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, no. I mean, we. we I don't want. I don't want to go too deep into that. Well, but well, you know, let's though. Like, not okay, like too great. deep okay, into great. the um to the actual like act of it and all that. Yeah. But as far as like being able to separate yourself in that kind of dare I say dire kind of situation. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. Because with that, there's more ho- hormones that you don't normally have running through you. So yeah. I don't disagree. I I don't know, Joe. Well, <laughs> I like. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like an ability that you develop to like stop making dumb decisions, yeah. and uh, and catch yourself maybe in the middle of one and then stop. I think if you can make more conscious decisions on your day to day, when you get into that predicament, you at least have more percentage of of uh, success of saying you know, you know stopping or like you know stop or not even not not even get into that situation. Yeah, maybe potentially. Yeah, you know. Like, hey, have a third wheel just so you can, hey, I, I'm going to drop you off because I got to take my friend home <laughs> or something. I don't know. Or double date or I don't know, something. I don't know. I just think there's there's ways to get around it yeah. for the time being because I my opinion, this full opinion, but there's too much thought of that and not enough thought of, like, the bigger picture. Yeah. It, it's the uh, <laughs> instant gratification. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Versus, but the, that's versus a, uh, the delayed, yeah. That's more of a biological kind of instant gratification. Though. Sure, sure. No, yeah, but it's very much uh, cause it's a primal could, one, too. It, it is, because then you get those chem- those chemicals get sh- sent to your brain, and and then there's something totally new that you know you essentially haven't felt in a while or whatever the situation is. So then I was going to say, in in my experience outside of sex, the more I'm in, like, this type of situation that could potentially put me in danger or it could put me in a in a bad um, predicament. Well, it just in a in a in a poor state of mind hmm. to to make a a a good decision. A rational decision? A rational decision. Like the the more I'm in those situations, the easier it is for me to 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 have good judgment. That's fair. That's good. I, I, I can agree with that, too. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, the, and like you said, you know, let's say in, in sex, the if you don't do it enough, then it's such a, maybe like an overwhelming 
uh, sensation of all of these good feelings and good chemicals running through your brain. So the more you have it, the less effective they are. Yeah. The better judgment you have. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying go have sex, but yeah, I mean do. But <laughs> yeah. Don't say that it's, it's also gonna help healthy. you. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. It's but also don't, healthy, but don't go saying that it's it's gonna help you be a better judge. Right. Just be a be a better judgment. For one, going into that, whoever that person is that you're with, like it starts there. Like I don't know. I I, I don't no know. No means no. Yeah. No means no. You better stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I, I I had did not have this plan for today. I had a totally different angle. Like a totally different way of using pushing the system. But I like where we're going, so we can continue. Yeah, just push the fair. system. Just push and pull the system. Uh, like I was literally thinking of dichotomies all day. You know, pushing the norm versus being a normal person. Man, I need to I need to push the norm a little bit more. Like I feel like I don't push the norm enough in my life. Hmm, interesting. From because I thought about this in both of your scenarios, I thought, oh man, I'll be honest. And for whoever does listen to this and like takes advantage of this shit, like Eddie, you're going after music as a career. Continue writing every day. You're doing your thing. You're pushing the norm of the valley. That's the way I see it. Let me continue. Damn, that's that's so that's a big statement. I don't know if I'm doing that, but so go for Brian it. is pushing his norm of the valley because I don't know anyone else here that is doing entrepreneurial social media work here, starting with a store and having an idea of developing the store. I don't know anybody else is doing that specifically the way you're doing it of the e-commerce thing. I don't know anybody here. Everybody here is 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 taking it or not taking advantage. That's a way wrong word. They're only they're working at chain restaurants. They're working at uh, no. Well, I guess that was the main thing is that the like the whole like because even while Brian's working his nine to five, he's doing other things outside that. Where I think there's not enough of that. There's a gap between the people who did that, which is which are the people who created the valley in the first place, right? There are those people who the, those entrepreneurs that brought, biz, I mean, essentially big business and business in general to the valley. But there is a gap because retail stores and food chains got so big, and everybody got so worried about making more money that 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 entrepreneurial idea or mindset that I see from you two is what I consider pushing the norm here in the valley because all i can further suggest is that you guys continue developing the work because anybody who's done music here in the valley that's put out original music they they fell into a complacent place and so it's it's stagnant in the sense of like there's no new material real material coming out now of course the industry's changed whatever in brian's case I, I still have yet to find someone, especially because we have the advantage of social media. Be, having social media now and taking advantage of that is pushing the norm. That's the way I talk, or that's the way I'm thinking of pushing the norm. Um, macro picture, big picture. I think as far as entrepreneurship, I've seen like attempts to to put something out there. But either they become complacent or they just don't have the right information on how to... Um, like further grow their business, so they stay like in a in a static place, mm-hmm. and either it doesn't grow or it just dies. And um, 
I've been I've been a little bit more exposed because of what I'm trying to do to you know other potential entrepreneurs in the in the valley. But no, I I think I think they're out there. And you know like so, like a recent conversation we had about you brought up something you heard from Gary Vee where you know New Yorkers aren't using New Yorkers mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. so many people right just just like that there's I feel like there's a lot more people in the valley than than we realize okay so what are the odds that you know between the three of us all three of us are pushing the norm in our own way yeah you know look look think of think of um think of the valley in groups of three like how many like the, yeah, the odds right. the odds are there are there. That's so. good. I I do hope so. That's you. You always fucking do that to me, which is good. It's a very good <laughs> thing because I'm like I'm always, because at the moment that I'm so in tune to of like, what what we are doing, and I'm trying to think of like I I guess I guess not thinking about it. I know I know at least a couple people that are pushing the norm, the prelude. You know they're trying to do something like that. That all but like, like everything else, you know it's just gonna take time to develop, right? Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that, I I like that. I like that answer. That point of view. How about Abusing the system. Woof. Or In what way? not using the system at all. So I I'm gonna bring I'm gonna give the reasoning to why I can't well actually I didn't come up with abusing the system. So a acquaintance, which I guess I'll consider a colleague now, her name's Noelle. She lives in Stephenville. She goes to Tarleton State University. She wrote this article. And I I tailed it off into a whole different like scheme that we're gonna we can go into in a bit. But she she wrote an article in the local school newspaper talking about service dogs versus emotional service assistance or something like that. ESA versus service dogs. That's that's like the acronym, whatever. And she was talking about how around her campus and community, a lot of people are are taking advantage of or abusing the system in the sense that they say their dog is a service dog when that's not the case. You know, uh, I didn't, for me, I didn't even know there's a difference. So that's what, that's what, that's what engulfed me. That's what got me to read the rest of the article. Cause I didn't even know there was a difference. She just went on about that. She, she, she's like, let me tell you the difference. So she explained how service dogs have a job, especially with people who have diabetes or military, you know, they have a specific job to do. Okay. I knew that. I didn't know I didn't know there was such thing as an emotional service do- assistant or dog or whatever. I'm like, cause and she brings up like it's like you know taking your pet to school, you know, and then these dogs that are ESAs are then getting in the way of real service dogs because the ESAs are not trained the way a service dog is trained. So the ESAs are, in a sense, uh, disrupting the peace that this dog is trying to create for his human, you know, his owner, you know. Uh, so anyway, so that, that's, that's where I got abusing the system. The uh, article is on JTAC, J-T-A-C News. Um, I'm going to post the link along on the podcast. I'll put, her, I'll put Noelle's social media as well. So if you want to find her or ask her more questions about the situation. Um, one thing that captured me was that it's under the opinion side, opinion section, which I assume, I guess it's an opinion, but to me it seemed like there were legitimate reasons to to acknowledge the difference between a service dog and an ESA. So I I had some trouble with that, you know. Um, we can move we can move forward, but it was just a side note that I found. I'm like, man, they put this in the opinion section, but it's like maybe 
maybe I guess maybe it needs a couple of facts from from research data, but I mean she's lived there. She saw this growth of like emer- emotional dogs, which I'm which even the root of that. I'm like really people like you need an emotional service dog it's like because Hillary didn't win. Like you're going to go back to that shit. Like give me a fucking break. You know I'm, that's a, that's a, that's a me thing. That's that's like an example that I'm gonna give because that's like the harshest example I can give that people are like oh my god. He just said, no, yeah, I need a good emotional dog now. I need to go emotional service dog now. You know, go I'm out. triggered. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I, this man, this guy, he just, you know, pushed my, he, I can't believe what he just said. Um, Quit being a snowflake. <laughs> man, just, uh, just to be clear, though, I hate, like, like, both sides do an equal amount of name calling, and I hate all of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. That's what, that's what I'm saying, like, I know I can push the hitter button because it's like, oh, my God, the people are going to get a rise out of it, and they're going to get emotionally emotionally attached and they're going to get all fluffed in their in their beds and oh my god whatever and then they're going to turn off the podcast okay see ya you know whatever anyway so the 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 macro of abusing the system that i got is basically rules or regulations of a system you know service dog versus not and i don't know if you guys have any accounts of maybe a system that you've been a part of um it could be from work it could be at home, it could be you as a you as a human being, as a system, as a person that can think. Um, if you guys can think of anything where you guys have either had an experience with a system or or uh, of abusing the system, you know, maybe maybe it's at work, maybe it's right now, maybe it's that you're at work now, wherever you're at now, and you feel like there's some abusive motions going on in the system, you know, whatever that may be, signifying rules or regulation of of a particular thing. I was going to say, I don't have a specific, um, I guess, account, but not that I've been in it, but I've, I've kind of witnessed it to where at, at work, and I, I know for sure this happens in many other industries, many other businesses, but at work, so um, I was looking through one of our general ledgers for, uh, what was it, employee relations, and it's really supposed to be used for... Um, like let's say our running events, we have a running team at work, and the bank pays for any like entries to any running events. So stuff like that goes through there, um, like uh, employee appreciation luncheons, stuff like that. That's it's paid for for by the bank. Well, I was looking through all of our transactions, and there was a lot of things that were kind of like really like we're like people are expensing these type of things like expensive as meals meetings quote unquote like come on like hmm. i know that was not a productive work meeting right um but i hear it happen all the time in in many other places so and honestly like in the big picture it's not a lot of money right <laughs> right but but if we if we start of if, if we're now accounting time to be of equal value yeah which we, we we've accumulated to that assumption mm-hmm. or that that conclusion that time equals money yeah. literally time equals time is valuable yeah. so continue and but a lot of the, these things are done during lunch hours anyway so it's time away from work that they would have spent anyway but, but on the but on the but then now they're using money yeah they're using the bank's money so like i said i know this happens in a bunch of other places because when i shared this with with other young professionals not just here in the valley but el- elsewhere they were like yeah you know, we see it happen all the time. I was like, yeah, I, I, I figured I just kind of got the detail of it now. And um, so there's that. And also what I've heard a lot from, like, government budgets is we have extra money. Let's spend it. Otherwise, next year we'll get less money. Yeah. 
So it's like, what the heck? Like, in a sense, yeah, you don't want to receive less money, but if you don't need it, then, you know. But I do, I do get it. That if they see that there's, that there's money being unused, then they'll cut it. But what if it was an off year, an off month, yeah. and they just, you know. That's a, that's the thing, though. So the dichotomy, I guess, a slight dichotomy to that is. For the let's say the government officials taking away this money, how can you assume that's gonna be exactly the same next year? Yeah, and you know? and I've kind of had the the same the same question with with my own budget at work, not not by year, but like if there's a specific trend. So just an example, let's say uh, we were giving some projections for our loan growth for the year, and they just said grow X amount throughout the year, but they didn't tell us you know, where the trends were. So let's, we'll do the growth divided by 12. That's how much we got to grow each month. And then they come back and when we're asking questions, like, why are we off, you know, you predicted this much, why are we off from budget? And then they're like, well, you know, these these loans, they come in waves and, you know, you expect so much growth at this time of the year and uh, this decline here. And I was like, well, where the heck was this information when we were putting this together? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think there should be a lot more, um, planning as far as you know when to expect certain money or certain growth, certain declines, and not just assume that everything is going to grow straight and then kind of um, punish the people receiving the money because the money wasn't being used. So I don't know. I think I think there's a there's a lot more variables that go into it, but just in general, um, that's kind of what came to mind when when you say abusing the system yeah, only right. because. They're purposely misusing the money so that they don't receive less, which right. I I would agree that, you know, you don't want to receive less because what if what if this is an outlying um, season or right. you know month, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just a little example, I guess. <coughs> I'm sorry. I can't think of an example. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Fine. It's, fine. it's all right. Um, Hmm. Well, what about in music, or or maybe a, maybe uh, maybe something you see going on in the in industry right now? Anything? I feel like I feel like people abuse people's emotions way too fucking easily. Okay. Fucking, you gotta <laughs> say it like that again. <laughs> um, sorry, mom. But um, as far as um. Okay, I'm gonna go there. Cause I was saying, well, hold on. I was gonna say, just think, of, just think about trying to make it relevant to like whatever you like. We're sure. just giving, we're giving personal. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right into it. I'm just gonna. I, I hate talking this way. I don't think talking this way like does any good. But I'm but gonna don't come do out. it. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna come out and do it. It's gonna happen. We're gonna go there. It's necessary. Um, the, um, the system, for writing popular songs like top forty country music. Okay. Is getting abused as hell. Okay. Um. I mean, and there's always kind of been like a formula. It just kind of depends what decade you're in. But, um, you know, right now, it's currently the, you know, the tailgate, the truck bed, the uh, girl in uh, painted on tight jeans. You know that six-pack of beer? Six-pack of beer kind of thing, yeah. Sunday, <sighs> Sundays. But I, but I feel like, you know, and I don't even know if I can say it's like with bad intention because their intention is to turn a profit. And that's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, a good intention. Right. Um, uh, yeah. 
from a but bu- from a business continue. from a business standpoint, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the point is to put food on the table right. for your family and for your coworkers' family, and et cetera, et cetera. It's a team effort, and so they're trying to do that. But in the process, I think that the country audience has been completely taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how much, like, subpriming goes into all of this shit. Right, yeah. Right. Like, it's a lot, you know? And and I feel like that's a system that's definitely been taken advantage of. And it's very obvious to see it just within itself. But then when you put the dichotomy to it of, um, you know, like, Chris Stapleton comes out with an album that's just, like, badass because it's so authentic and real. Yeah. Then it's more apparent, you know. Like you can only say that about one guy, two guys, Sturgill Simpson, three yeah. guys, Jason Isbell. Yeah. Three guys out of how many dudes are doing this? Yeah, over a handful now. I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's wanting a piece of the pie now, after they figured out this ratio. Yeah, that that's the only thing that I'm gonna ask. We we did touch this subject at some point before, where I did talk about or I did mention, um, you know, where what is the artist willing to give up? in order to get a recording contract. You know, I don't want to go too deep into it because I've already talked about this. But just that. So, like, yes, you want to turn a profit, but if you if you lose the fact that we're human beings, once you lose that, that almost almost tangible thing, which us as humans, we are tangible. We are, you can feel each other. Um, and it becomes only about the profit, only about... Because even then, you can, you can tie in the business... To be humane and think about the others, right? Think about contributing back. Think about philanthropy, you know, whatever, to be general about it. Well, then there's like, I mean, you say that and, and it, it brings up in my mind a company like 30 Tigers, which is a label services company. And all they mainly handle is management, um, day-to-day stuff. Um, I think some booking, don't quote me on it. And um, I may be completely wrong about that, so okay. really don't quote me on it. That's right, yeah, that's fine. But definitely Possibly. day-to-day management mm-hmm. and definitely album release planning and um, stuff to those accords and distribution for albums, right? Mm. Mostly for independent albums, such as Jason Isbell, um, the new Andrew Combs record fully released today, which I'm looking forward nice. to. Yeah, I got you And then, um, uh, well, he released that on New West Records, but um, past releases, he's gone through 30 Tigers. Um, Turnpike Troubadours, 30 Tigers, Jason Eady, 30 Tigers, just to name a few um, Red Dirt, Texas music scene people who utilize their services. Um, so I think about companies like that that aren't capitalizing on the, um, you know, the, the formula songwriting, the uh, this is what our listener wants and this is what we're going to give them until they're absolutely tired of it and we're going to take advantage of it for all we can. Um, you know, like this is a company that's doing like, good for the sake of music and sacrificing a quick dollar for that. Right. Yeah, know? actually, that, that actually, I'm going to tie it into a question that I wrote down also was, have you ever used a system for something other than its intended use? So we go back to the root of music and uh, acting and all that stuff. It's, it's a form of entertainment, right? Television, uh, live shows, Broadway shows, you know, all that stuff. It's a form of entertainment. We're now, you know, it's all about the. It seems to be all about the profit, and the ratio is not equal. Where back then, you know, people were writing songs, people were entertaining, and people. And if you see that, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the the Buddy Holly movie. You know, that's such a good movie. But uh, you know, at some point, you know, or uh, 
shoot, even the beginning of the Selena movie, we want to dance, you know, the, the beginning when they're at that bar and because they want to be entertained. They want to dance. They want to have fun. You know, of course, you know, whatever the situation is specifically. But in general, the macro of this could be, you know, the the entertainment, which we sh- which used to be number one. That used to be first and foremost because if you entertain, you're going to get paid. And now it seems like, oh, we found a way to just artificially entertain and we're going to maximize our dollar. Well, you know, it's like funny you bring up like the entertainment aspect because um, I've been fortunate enough to score some, um, you know, some victory with getting some press for my album release. Nice. So Valleytown Crier um, is one of those. And I'm like super grateful that they hopped on board for this. And um, the lady whose name is Patricia that I met with yesterday for the interview couldn't have been more awesome or more prepared with like really good questions. Awesome, awesome. I'm and good to hear. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm pretty stoked about the interview. Like I'm 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 really excited because she let me as the artist just get out all of my truth and just had all the right questions for me to do that. And um, well, part of that um, coming up was you know she was like, "What can people expect from your live show?" And I'm like. Man, like, I really had to think about it because that's, like, the one question I would not have prepped for, like, and I probably should have, but I've never really thought about it, um, and now I can, so that's great. But, so in the moment, I was just thinking about it and preparing an, an answer in my head on the cuff, or off the cuff, rather. Off the cuff. Yeah. Yes. Sorry for that, um, for that <laughs> one. Off the cuff. And, uh, you know, so she goes, like, what's your live show like? And I'm like, uh, you know, well... We're going to have some fun. There are some songs in there that are just, you know, super tongue-in-cheek. Like, Georgia Girl is just about, like, you know, like, being so head over heels for someone that you're just, like, driving cross-state and, like, whatever. Um, you know, like, other songs I have like that are super tongue-in-cheek. And, uh, you know, just let's just have fun, feel good, whatever. You know, dance a little bit. And I told her, but, like, not to take away from the fact that, like, I myself, like, personally, I consider myself to be, like, you know, quote, a lifer, you know? I'm always thinking about, like, just how amazing life is and the fact that we're here and, like, just how things came to be and how we interact with each other and how we're constantly evolving and changing with, like, technology or within ourselves and with, um, like, inner reflections. Now fasting. (laughs) Fasting, right? Or, like, we've done meditation. Yes, meditation is a big one. So it's, like, just um, the whole life thing. The process. Yeah, the process of life just really fucking, like, intrigues me. And that's, like, what I write about. Like, you know, like, like every song that I write relates to the process of life and, and, you know, just, like, kind of where I am. And so I told her, like, that's what I like to talk about at my shows, like, the process of life, you know? And, and, and just the evolution of that. And, and for this album specifically, it was about, you know, me being the ages, uh, between the ages of 18 and like 22, 23, maybe, um, you know, and just totally living for the night, going out seven days a week, all the time, don't care, spend all this money on really stupid shit, like, you know, like way too much alcohol and way too much cigarettes and a whole bunch of other stupid shit. I, could have been saving money from instead of making really bad decisions, you know, and like getting into, um, you know, um, infatuated relationships, you know, that weren't like necessarily healthy um, in some ways or in in a lot of extents. In in any aspect, right. Right. In some aspect. And so, you know, like the whole album's about being young and and doing those kind of things and then growing out of that. And instead of watching the Sunday morning sunrise from a Saturday night perspective, you're just watching it from a Sunday morning perspective, you know? And that's what the album is about for me. It's like it's a pure reflection of that, yeah, I like you that. know? 
And so that's that's what my live show I feel like is like. At least when we're not doing the bar thing and we're playing like for you know my thing, like right. we're playing our songs. Right, like, right, yeah, absolutely. Like it's a it's a it's a life process, right? You know? Yeah. And so with that being said, like there's no bullshit in it, you know. Yeah. There's no room for that, you yeah. know. It's it's a hundred percent purely authentic. And I'll completely admit, I don't know how we started this conversation. So oh, well, I just talked about just uh, entertainment. You're talking about yeah. entertainment, and then that, the abusing the system, yeah, abusing yeah. your audience. But also the the Patricia asked you the question of how's your what 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 can we expect from your live show, and you weren't expect you didn't know how to uh, answer that right right away. Like you didn't have like yeah. an answer. Like you said, you you wouldn't have prepared. But yeah, that that that's interesting. I mean, that's super good. Good. Yeah. I think Eddie just abused the podcast and plugged his new album. <laughs> so it comes out <laughs> um, June sixteenth. The first single gets released. Well, this will come out on Thursday. So tomorrow, motherfuckers. <laughs> the first single comes out. It's called When I Was Young. I wrote it with Angie Gonzalez. I'm totally plugging myself now. <laughs> so this is the this plug. Is happening. This is um, it. And it'll start spinning on KTEX um, the following day on the Saturday. No kidding. So, yeah. so okay, let's come back to today. So next Saturday, it's going to start spinning. When I was, they're going to start spinning when I was young. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. They wanted to do it this weekend, but I was like, nah. Yeah, we can. Let's uh, wait till it comes out. Yeah, let's do that, and then uh, we'll also have shows next week. We have hillbilly. We have hillbillies. No, no, that's that's. An, yeah, we do have hillbillies, and then we have uh, backwoods on on Saturday. Yeah, for all of our Corpus area friends. Yes. Actually, cool thing is that it seems like McAllen and Houston are are more frequent listeners on the podcast. Very as far interesting. As SoundCloud, as far as SoundCloud stats, which is pretty cool. Um, since the beginning, who, I mean, you guys listening, thanks. Uh, hopefully you guys hit us up on uh, social media when you get the courage. But uh, I've noticed that. That's pretty cool. Well, next time we go to Houston, Andy, and play a show, I'll have to let you plug the podcast. <laughs> there you go. We, can. <laughs> <laughs> we were there last week uh, at we Conroe, were, Texas. We so if anyone's Conroe. listening from Conroe, um, we love you. Thanks for coming out. Uh, here's one thing I'm going to bring up. Speaking of, like, plugins, so the dichotomy is not using a system, not using the system. And what I want to bring up is social media. I feel like the first few podcasts, I was kind of like, man, like we're just using it too much or like whatever. And now I'm, I have a reason to do it in the sense of, you know, I mean, content for content's sake, but also to, you know, have everybody aware of like my fasting and like what the process, my process, you know, my individual process. So, uh, you know, not using the system where I, I was, in my case, I was using social media maybe for the – I was looking at the wrong things in social media. You know, they, we have this full circle of social media. And at that, for the first few weeks of diving into this podcast and then what everything I've been thinking of leading up to now and this dichotomy of abusing the system versus not using the s- system at all and trying to find, well, how can you use this system? You know, and now trying to do this, and even even Noel, when I got in contact with her over fa- over Facebook, and I I messaged him like, "Hey, can I use abusing the system? Like just that? Like I have my own idea about it, but I do like your article, so I'm like, if you want me to, you know, if you want credit or whatever, I, I'll give you that." And she's like, "Yeah, f- we we ended up talking for a little bit, but that was it." But anyways, but you know, using social media, uh, in your favor, you know, using the system in your favor, you know, wherever that may be. So even okay, like even. I, it's interesting because I feel like unintentionally now for me is being able to see like a bunch of dichotomies with Eddie and a bunch of dichotomies with Brian. Oh, brother. <laughs> so, you know, 
and Eddie, like we're talking about, you know, let's let's go back to like the profit or like Eddie's have Eddie's becoming financially stable little by little, right? <laughs> At some point, me and you had a conversation about what the next big thing was, right? Yeah. And I was like, eh, like we'll find it, but let's try to take advantage. And by this time, I was now I was diving into like the social media thing. I'm like, well, let's just use social media. And I but I asked you, I'm like, what what do you think it is? What do you think it might be? And you gave us some scenarios. I'm like, so by the end of it, by the end of this conversation. It was like, okay, so that means we continue touring until the next big thing. Yeah, so the next big thing, well, not even that I really think I know what it is. Um, I feel like I'm not very well qualified. I'm not underqualified, but I'm not super well qualified to talk about what the next big thing is in the music industry. But the theory I was sharing with Walker was that music, um, you know, recordings, as in like albums, uh, like digital recordings or physical CDs that you get and you buy, um, that's going to become a thing of the past. It's going to be all digital, and digital means it's going to be worth less. The constant we have in the music industry is that the customer decides the price point, and that's just kind of where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. So I think the value of albums, uh, physical music, not digital, physical copies of music, mm -hmm. are going to go way down. And those cost a lot to make. So I, I don't foresee... Uh, many printed CDs being a thing of the future. I think it's really going to be exclusively streaming. Um, with that being said, that's a big profit margin, or not margin, but that's a big profit um, that labels are losing out on. Yeah, so margin. I also it's think part of their margin. Yeah. Right. So I also think that labels will be non-existent unless they continue, like they do now, with uh, deals such as 360 deals, which is where they take money from your touring, your merch sales, your uh, CD sales, your your streaming whole life, too, no? everything, yeah. Streaming, like they, they take they take the first cut, right? Yeah, three sixty is the name for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, so they're taking everything because they realize physical sales are just out the wazoo, yeah. you know. Right. But um, I still think, regardless, labels will fail because artists are getting smarter. It's a very do-it-yourself market now, with the uh, advantage of social media. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, I think the loss of the physical CD price point will be replaced by an increase in concert tickets, uh, concert ticket pricing. Right, right. So uh, that led to me and Walker saying that, um, you know, well, we're going to continue touring then. Then this a is, lot. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, and that's where it's like, okay, the system that I was not using or I, didn't, I wasn't using it in the right way, which is social media, now I'm on that shit all the time. I'm very, very much intentionally, but, um, but like I said, also to let people, you know, just let people in on the, on the, the feed you know, the, the news feed of my, my day to day, but yeah, the, the, using the system in the right way, you know, touring. Okay. If that's what it is, then we keep playing live shows. We keep developing our live shows. We keep practicing live for live shows. And that's all we worry about, you know, develop, you know, work up new songs here and there as, as we progress. But the main financial seat at the moment is touring. Cause that's been the most consistent for forever as far as yeah. a generation of sales. The Touring will always be a constant in the music industry, I have no doubt, because people will always, always, always want to go see a live show of their favorite artist. Just how it goes. Yep. Speaking of, Ryan Adams is coming to Austin. <laughs> I'm just saying. Are you going? I should be going, but I'm not going. Why not? Because I'm responsible as fuck. <laughs> okay, so... Because I just dropped... Like twenty two hundred dollars on replication for the CD, and that hurt <laughs> a lot. But uh, it's only yeah. temporary. It's only temporary. You're right. It'll pass. 
it just sucks to like build up your savings so much and then just watch it all plummet like in an instant almost. So um, when I was building up my savings for the album and then we went and finished the album yeah. and like the one day I dropped like eight thousand do- an $8,000 check for like all the expenses there. that day, that hurt. <laughs> that would make it uh it all goes away very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping to make it back when people really like my stuff? Question mark. <laughs> I think you will. I have faith in you. You know, I've been feeling really proud about it lately and I don't like I don't feel like I've given myself enough credit where my own credit is due. But I've been listening back to the album a lot. Like I have it playing in the truck. I've had it playing for the past month maybe. I just feel really fucking proud of it. And I feel like I've been pregnant for three, like, three years. So I'm just <laughs> ready to push this thing out. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really bad analogy. I apologize <laughs> to any women out there that I don't know what pregnancy is like. <laughs> so I have no right to, to say that. But I guess, I guess your reference was that this, is, this has been your own baby cooking in a right. for three years. Right. Yeah. Okay. That dichotomy, though, it, it's only been three years. Man, it's already been three years. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> there is that dichotomy. Yeah. And in the, in the change of a word or two. Yep. That, th- no, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, man, I'm already 24. And I'm like, I'm only 24. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that in my interview yesterday with the Valley Town Crier they brought up, or that she brought up, was, um, you know, it's like I'm talking about you know, like a lifer project that I made, so to speak. And uh, she's like, you're only 24. It's like, yeah, I feel 34. Like, I, I don't feel, I've never felt young. I've never felt my age. I've always felt connected to an older generation. Yeah. You know, I've always felt like an old soul. Um, I know for me, yeah. right, yeah, I, I, I completely relate. And for me, it's not that I feel 34, but I feel so far behind from what I do know now. And that part has a lot to do with the internet. So 44. Yeah. <laughs> might, might, as well, might as well be. But that's the, that's the way I, that's my, I guess that's my perspective is like, I don't know, I don't feel old. Like, you know, I feel very good, you know, still, I just feel very behind knowing what other people are able to do or like, or like those first movers, you know, the first movers in the, in the world right now, using, using social media, Gary Vee, you know, uh, Tony Robbins and the stuff he's doing now and really helping Anybody that you can, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of discipline to save your money and put it away to have a better future. You know, uh, that's what he's doing. And he's also, he's also fe- feeding, you know, a billion people in the next, I don't know, seven years or so, which is really awesome. Uh, a lot of the times, though, it's those that are late to the game that end up being better at it because they learn from the pioneers' mistakes that's fair. or they further improve upon their methods. That's fair. Um, I honestly, I, I guess that's what I'm doing. I'm, I, I don't want. I don't. I don't know how much deeper I can go into that because it's like I read every day. Actually, I was talking to Brian about this. I'm. I'm just gonna bring. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Is uh, where music is my career, and I love what I do, especially our live shows. You know, it's very important to me to have a good live show, a good show, a good. What's what's the word like? Basically, maximizing my value for the live show. Right. Right. That, that, that's what I try to do. And that's one thing, but I feel like I'm missing a pillar, and I don't know what that is, but I'm also not trying to figure it out or force my brain to just come up with something today, because it might not be that, you know, and and what I do every day now is I read, I go on YouTube and look up 
things from Dr. Ronda Patrick or Joe Rogan or um, Tim Ferriss, Jocko, all these guys that are my distant mentors, Gary V. And I just learn every day because I figure I will stumble upon my maybe final pillar or maybe just another pillar that I'll add in the next five or ten years. I don't know what that's going to be. While I'm still trucking along with music and Eddie and, you know, I I really enjoy the project. So, like, there's there's nothing for me to necessarily think about with Eddie. It's just doing now. Go play shows. Go learn songs. Whatever Eddie needs to be done or whatever Eddie wants to be learned, he sends it to us. Learn it. And it's more of a doing process now than thinking, you know, where I feel like I do have space for another significant pillar that's going to maybe not equalize to music because music beats all right now at the moment. But it come it may become really close to where, you know, it has the same amount of doing and significance in my day to day. I think as far as your pillars, you might be in a place where you have found your three, four, five main pillars and then from here on out you just kinda branch out those existing foundations mm-hmm. to adapt to what's to come in the future with whether it be social media, whether it be how we, you know, how we watch TV, how we interact with one another. So I don't necessarily think you should actively be looking for a different pillar. And I'm not saying right. you are, but I wouldn't be too worried about, you know, missing a pillar. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it'll just come with time. Right. Well, that's what I think that's what we kind of reached. I think it was, when did we go to Starbucks? Yesterday? Uh, I think that was Wednesday night. So Wednesday night we went and we were talking because I was, I was just explaining exactly what I just said. But it's like, it seems like it will revolve around learning. I know that's like a thing. That's a, that, can, that can be a pillar. And I love helping people, which might evolve into something. But I'm not looking specifically because I'm still trying to learn, you know. Um, so that, I, said that, I guess I, and I, my, I think one of my final senses, which I, I might have said already, but is, well, I'll just keep on learning then until I find it. Because I, 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 I guess I'll stumble upon it when I get there. You know, it's not it's nothing forced. Just mm-hmm. keep reading every day. Keep keep reiterating to to you guys talking about fasting, talking about what I, what I'm eating at the moment. Um, just actually just made a shake before you got before Eddie got here. Uh, kale, blueberries, and avocado, which is very tasty. A hint of cranberry concentrate and some water. Yeah, it was son of a bitch. That it wasn't tasty. bad at all. That sounds I, tasty. I was a little like, man, it's just it's just blueberries and kale, and I know the blueberries are gonna be sweet, but there's a lot of kale in there. I put a lot of kale, but it was it was still very good. And avocado, yeah. which I I, I love don't avocado. eat. Okay, I don't eat avocado. <sighs> so so there's there's you know there's some difference there. But uh, going back to the root, I don't want to lose the root because I, I do that a lot. I do it too many. I go on too many too many subtangents. <laughs> really quick, <laughs> go ahead. If I go use the restroom, will you guys carry on? <sighs> we can try. We just try. Just go. Fucking go. Go for it. I'm gonna pull a drogue and just just go. Yeah, down the hall, down to the right. Uh, Watch your step. <laughs> uh, self-plug for Eddie Science. <laughs> I was just going to say how interesting it is that, that you brought up, you know, the solution or the answer, the conclusion revolving around learning. And just this morning, I was thinking back to, like, one of my first job interviews ever. Hmm. And the guy asked, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, to be honest... Uh, I'd, I'd hope to be with this same company in five years, but whether I am or I am not, I just see myself learning, you know, just constantly learning, filling my brain with new things and, you know, soaking in 
new information. And um, I think that kind of ended our interview. And I want to say that that's one of the answers that really helped me get the job. So it's interesting that we're kind of that I that I I was kind of remembering that today, mm-hmm. and that you know we're talking about it now. Like, right? We kind of came came upon the same thought or topic, and it was like, that, I, th- I think parallel. I was onto something. Yeah, I was already that, developing the sequence. Yeah, developing already. Then. Those those five years <laughs> are kind of coming up like within the year. Oh Because wow. I think that was I was twenty one. I think. So those five years are coming up. I'm not with that company, right. but I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's ever it's ever more dense. Yeah, and I, I'm super I'm super grateful for kind of keeping keeping that not promise, but you know sticking to my word when I when I told them I don't know where I'm gonna be, but I'm gonna be learning, and here I am learning. Oh man, it's I'm at a very utopic mindset mind mind right now. It's pretty cool. I just I've, I guess this buildup for my week from the fast and uh, to now releasing all of that plus some um, plus you know everything we everything we have touched base which has revolved around my notes today which is pretty cool. Um, but this very moment is very utopic feeling which I I talk about every so often. I don't I don't always reach it whether it's during the podcast or on my weekly we you know week to week but um, learning and. And also, learning about yourself, too. You know, paying attention to yourself. Like, But I don't mean paying attention to, like, a lot of the physical stuff. I'm saying, like, really, if you hear yourself saying, oh, I want that candy, respond to it. Like, it's almost crazy. It's almost lunatic to, to respond to yourself. But I think, I guess this is my opinion, is that it makes me more conscious when I reply to myself. I, I do that pretty frequently. And... Um Last night, I was in Harlingen at an event with uh, my Prelude team, Go Prelude, and so we're sitting there, and I forget, like, why I thought to bring it up. Well, I guess, like, they were asking me how my interview went with Valley Town Crier, mm. and I was like, man, like I, like, I felt really great about it. It was awesome. The, you know, the reporter was, like, super prepared, asked all the right questions. It was awesome, um, and then, like, someone made a joke about the Valley Town Criers, like, like reader base or whatever. It's like, maybe they're just like so low profile for this reason. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, maybe they're so low profile because they're aliens. (laughs) And like, (laughs) and, and then like, I thought about like, my like conversation with the reporter when we were meeting up at this coffee shop. And she's like, I'll be in the back when you get here. And I was like, that's it. I'm getting abducted. (laughs) Like, this is it. See ya. But like I like expressed these like inner thoughts out loud and everyone was like, You're weird as shit. And I'm like, No, I know I'm weird as shit. Like I accept the fact That's that I'm That's what I've been trying I'm to tell you shit. guys. Yeah. But like, see but see those ounces of weird push the norm. Yeah, and, and I love having those kinds of conversations with myself because A, it's entertaining as fuck. And um and B it just like keep things interesting, man. I think it's like, kinda healthy too. In a yeah, way, in a way, yeah. yeah. You're, I, th- I feel like maybe you're more self-aware, and, th- and that's kind of what Andy's talking about. You know, be, don't just think about it, like react and and learn about yourself. Yeah, so say something, and yeah, and then let let your subconscious say no. I want that candy, and you say no, and then I talk to myself very vulgarly, like people think Same. I cuss. Like I talk very, starting at four thirty in the morning, <laughs> starting at five o'clock in the morning. Whatever, depending on what time I go to sleep. Obviously, 
I've also written about that in my Tumblr. Anyways, uh, but going back to the root again of that self-awareness, you know, being able to push that norm. I know for me, the majority is always the extreme circumstances as far as life or death. You know, why do I train? Why do I exercise? Who do I see not exercising as hard as I wish they were exercising? Okay, in a real in a real scenario, do I will I have to protect that person? In a real scenario, will that person be able to help me, or do I just tell them get the fuck down, so I can go about you know getting whatever task done? Um, that the, it gets. I'm gonna tell this into something in a bit, but um, yeah, just being more self aware. I don't know if you guys have any more to add to this. Man, just being so self aware for me has been the number one life changer. Um, of all that I can recall in my uh, short 24 and a half years of life here on earth. But um, just being more self-aware has been phenomenal. And I really have to attribute, attribute a lot of it to, um, to podcasts. And like, that's a big reason why like, I was totally on board when you brought up this idea to start this one. Because I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I want to have my outlet with that or my like contribution yeah, yeah, to an right. outlet, you know? Yeah. And because um, a lot of podcasts have done so much for me and understand like they're like a form of entertainment i feel like most people kind of get on there for um you know like the crime story or the the exorcism story or whatever it is you know or even the pure comedy every single yeah or the pure comedy and uh like bill burr's podcast i listen to that that's just pure comedy gold man you know the monday morning podcast yeah um and that's just for great laughs but like maybe 75 percent of the time i go to podcasts to like improve my life you know, like I'm looking for like a guest to come on the Joe Rogan episode where like I'm going to learn something really fucking cool right now. Yeah. And I'm going to apply it to myself or to those around me or to the world around me or et cetera, et cetera. For you, uh, Andy, um, Rhonda, what's her name? Rhonda, Rhonda Patrick. Patrick. Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Like, look what you took from that. Dude, literally. it's Okay, okay so her podcast with Joe Rogan, the episode 901. It's three hours long. It took me seven days to, to listen to it and all. After I listened to it the first time, it took me like just 24 hours to then listen to it, the whole thing, where the first one took me seven days. I, I cut that in, seven, you know, in the seventh, you know, I, where I listened to it in one day. Um, but getting, yeah, getting that information now, like, like I said, being able to hopefully plant some seeds in people to be more conscious, of, to then again still be more, so more self-aware, be more self-conscious about what you're eating, what you're not. Um, uh, I know for, for Jocko, Jocko Willink on Joe Rogan, <laughs> that was a big life changer. I know for you as well. And, yes. um, well, with his episode, it made me just really, like, analyze the fuck out of my ego. And now that's something I do on a daily basis. And um, and that's actually something that I get, like, complimented on. And I'm, like, not, like, like trying to brag like I'm fucking awesome. But, um, because that would be totally contradicting to that That'd statement. That would be totally ego. But, that's uh, ego Yeah. About. But, like, but no, like, someone, like, yesterday complimented me about, like, how, um, like, humble yet confident I appear and how, like, I carry myself, like, in an authentic, like, um, just very you-get-what-you-get kind of way, yeah. you know, but still with, like, respect for others. So, like, that, like it meant a lot for me when they mm-hmm. said that to me because I was like, man, like, that's, like, something I've been super um, hyper-conscious of yeah. with myself, yeah. you know. I'm, like, making, um, like, extraneous efforts Extraneous? Extraneous? Extraneous. Extraneous Extraneous. efforts. Fuck grammar. (laughs) A lot of effort. (laughs) Extraneous efforts to um, 
you know, like be a better human to other humans, yeah. you know. And that means putting the shopping cart back in the in the uh, shopping cart stable. Don't leave it in the parking lot. <laughs> I don't, don't even use shopping carts. So whatever I can hold in my yeah. hands, that's what I'm buying. That's what keeps me from spending more. <laughs> but I don't disagree. Dude, I'll, uh, side, side tangent. Side note. Uh, so, like, the Valley versus, like, Corpus, dude, everybody puts their carts away. Really? Like, Corpus, yeah. everybody puts yeah. their carts away? Yeah, over there, yeah. It's, it's decent. Yeah, it's good. Over there, it's good. People, even, like, okay, the person who you see not put the cart away here, they put the carts away over there. Like, those, even those stereotypical uh, people that... You may think like, oh, they're they may they may look like uh, maybe sluggish or not so well up. I don't know any anything you can think of a bi- of it being a maybe negative stereo- stereotype. They put away the cards over there. 100%, I love it. Hundred percent. I love that. I hate that. That's a problem. <laughs> like in our local area, Edinburgh McAllen, nobody puts their carts away, and it's always in my way, and it's always making like the cart wrangler's job just a little bit harder. And you don't have to do that. Because it doesn't require much effort to walk a rolling object yeah. 10 feet away from your vehicle. Or not 10 feet, but 30 feet, 40 feet. I'll, right, give, you, I'll yeah, give you some right slack. There. Right, right, right. Regardless, it's not a hard task. Just put your card away. That self-awareness. So today, I had a student. Uh, during my last class, it was eighth period. I did high school. So, t- so today, I substituted high school for the first time ever. I was, I've been very skeptical because I have a cousin that's in high school and I'm just kind of not about it because I have to I deal with him and I <laughs> I take care of him every two weeks, so I just had I had an idea of how these students could be. Um, I it was my aunt's class and they they weren't bad. I mean we got to do the work. It, it was just reading a chapter. It was nothing hard. Nothing you know, especially because it was very last minute. Like she called me last night like at nine thirty at night. Like hey, are you available tomorrow? I'm like yeah sure. And I, you know, that was done. Um, but my last class, because she's also an assistant soccer coach, so last eighth period, I get to go outside with the soccer girls and the other coach that they have there. And one of the students wasn't participating for whatever reason, so she was sitting on the bench, and uh, it was me and another coach. And she asks, um, do you think there would be a, a draft for the military? And... Of course, first thing for me was that my heart sank. Okay. After that, look, I'm glad the teacher responded because I did, my first words probably wouldn't have been the best first words. You know, you, you we talk about having those ten extra 10 seconds of patience, that extra ounce of patience to, you know, be at least have something better to say. So uh, the teacher responded. She's like, no. She's like, no, I don't. She's like, I don't think so. Like, um She's like, she's like, why do you have someone that you're worried about? And she's like, no. She's like, just, just my friend. My friend brought up that it's all over Twitter, or she saw some, she saw se- several things on Twitter. So she was telling me, and it, and she didn't, she didn't know how to say this, but the what I got out of it, that she didn't, it was something she didn't know how to, she didn't know what it, it meant. She doesn't know what a draft is, right? And uh, she doesn't know what it entails. She doesn't know what encompass, you know, what what's needed or what's needed for there to be a draft so then i let it sit a little bit and i was like i'm like uh what did i say it was it was it was it was an easy answer it was a i guess easy feeling answer in the sense of like you're 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 okay 
you know, like you're okay. Especially, I mean, she, I think she's like 15 or something. So even then, if there was a draft, it wouldn't start with, you know, a, you know, 15 year old, you know, female or male, you know, underage, you know, it wouldn't matter. But what did catch me that I, that the teacher asked was like, you know, is it someone you can affect? Like, no. Okay. Well, that's also a good thing. So I kind of, I try to revolve my answer around that. Right. But then, as soon as that happened, well, I just I went on Twitter. Like there, in front, of, I went there, and, and the teacher like, "Are oh, you looking it up?" I was like, "Yeah." Like I'm curious now. Like if, I'm like, if it's going around, and these kids that are in high school are like getting this information, you know, what's going on with the system that is telling back to these kids ha- now asking these questions? Maybe she has a friend. Maybe her friend has a brother that's of age or that's in the army or and doesn't know how the how that works. So going back to abusing the system or not knowing a system or or system for intended use. You know, it, that's that's what that revolved around. But going back to this little girl, her sincerity of her question, like her words said, said, one, said one thing, but her her face, her her eyes said something way different. So whether she's saying the truth or not, it it was really irrelevant because it's like she's she's not wrong. You know, um, my final I I I. I I know this may be a me thing, and this might be with you guys too, of me, I guess, saying my ultimate, my default aggressive truth, no matter what, no matter how much it hurts or how much, you know, you don't want to hear it, you know, just kind of say it anyways, where I told her, and maybe this wasn't bad, but I don't know how she took it as a 15-year-old. I'm assuming she's 15. Um, where I said, don't worry, there hasn't been a draft since Vietnam. You have nothing to worry about. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, um, I said, they did it back then. But a lot of things happened back then that that they felt it a need to be a draft, you know. My but you, right now we're okay. There's not gonna be a draft, and whether that's true or not, you know, I assume it's true because I think after Vietnam they did like they literally like put in legislation, didn't they? I don't, I don't know if you guys have any. Um, no, any it, uh, I don't think there's any legislation for it because we all, upon turning 18, as uh, men in this country, have draft cards. Right. So like, can't well, you opt for that? Um, can you opt? To do no, that or not, when you, or is it? Okay, that's this stuff I'm not sure of. Right. Okay, yeah. when you register to vote, I know there's something there with that. I thought it changed where like you were able to opt if you wanted to be a part of the draft or not. No, nah, when you okay. when you register to vote, you're you have you're an ID. Okay. You're in their system, um, but I'm a, I'm in total agreement with you. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, no. I think back then, um, you know, there was such a small number of military personnel. And uh, now it's kind of more like a regular, steady mm-hmm. job. And that's what, that's what we concluded, me and the teacher, in, in summation was that. We told her, like, hey, you know, and I, and I wanted to read her because of, of Jocko and because of Leif and because of Tim Kennedy and these guys um, that I look up to in a sense. And I researched from them. I use, I use their research to add to my research. Um, of like, no, I'm like, I promise you. I'm like, one thing I can promise you is that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of men that are out there. They're ready. I'm yeah. like, there's a lot of guys out there that are ready, and they're ready to do their job. Yeah. Um, I'm like, so you're good. Uh, and I, I always go back, and I, I brought this up weeks ago on the podcast, where I said, I, and I read it to her, because I remember this, but I said, study, work hard. She's, she, she, I don't, I'm assuming, she, like I said, I don't know what grade necessarily, but she had just, like, I guess they just had, like, cheerleading tryouts. She just made varsity. So I used that. I'm like, hey, concentrate on cheerleading. Like, do that. Focus on your work. Um, get better at soccer. You know, focus on your work. Like just focus on school. Like you're good. Don't don't worry about it. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing to have to now as an adult um, bring ease to a teen. 
Interesting. And younger. You know, having to deal with that. It's interesting that you brought that up because today, the class I was subbing for, they've been going over the Civil War, specifically the tail end of it, um, with Gettysburg, the Gettysburg Address, uh, Lincoln's assassination, yeah. and all those kinds of things. Um, the beginning of Reconstruction and all of that. And well, Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address, uh, you know, four score and 87 years ago. And I found myself, of course, naturally, because um, it's not a current thing, but like mm -hmm. having to explain what a score is, you know, 20 years. Right. You know, so just having to explain that to them. So like a score is 20 years. And so that's why he said four score and, and seven years ago, 87 years ago. And like the thought just kind of hit me like, man, like people live to be 87 now. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so much back then, but like now people right. live to be 87. Mm -hmm. And I told them, like, imagine being born when the Declaration of Independence was being signed, and then imagine living, like, to be 87 when the Civil War was coming to an end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's, like, pretty nuts for a country in less than 100 years to go from, like, newly independent and just being born to fighting amongst each other in, like, the cruelest way imaginable yeah. at the moment, right? Yep. And, um, at least to me, because I guess the topic's fresh in my head, because yeah. then, um... You know, I started relating to current events, which Syria is, of course, a country currently having a civil war that's very talked about. And it's been going on for, like, what, six or seven years? And so, like, I brought up to them, without mentioning specifics, like Syria and the recent chemical gas attacks, yeah. uh, biological warfare that was used. Um, you know, I brought up to them, like, just, like, be thankful and be grateful that you live in a country that has already sorted this out and it's likely never going to happen again. Mm. Like, because there's countries around the world right now where this has been happening, and it's still happening. Yeah. Yep. And, like, and it sucks. And one of the um, examples that their textbook was giving was um, Sherman's March, in which General Sherman, for, uh, for the Union, was, like, destroying, like, transportation, like, railroads to Atlanta and railroads in Atlanta, and they, like, got all the civilians out, and then they, like, burned the town down. You know, like, they cut off all their resources. It's brutal shit. Mm -hmm. And, like, and I just told them, like, imagine if that was happening here right now. Yeah. Like, because that's what's happening in other countries mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Like, it's a very real thing. And it's, like, it really made me have perspective for the day because, like, I don't hardly ever think about it, you know? But we're very fortunate to be where we are. Yeah, this girl, so we're 2017 now, so she was born in 2002, Let's assume, assuming, she's, assuming she's 15, oh, so her, one of her final questions was, when was the last war? And it's like, that's a valid question. When you were born, <laughs> that's what I would have told it's her. Like, well, uh, well, we got into, well, I, I, like I said, this is where my honesty came up, because I mean, She's on. If they're on social media, they know. They basically know anyway. So, I'll, and then of course the the teacher initially said, "Well, it's happened since 9/11," and then brought up Iraq. I'm like, "Well, it started in Afghanistan, then went to Iraq, and now it's what they call the insurgency, which is ISIS, which entails Syria, Iran, Iraq. Now it seems like Russia's playing ping pong, and you know we don't know what's gonna happen and and. As I was saying this and trying to answer this question, as to be clear and at somewhat fact, at least fa as factual as I can think of, um, but reassure her that everything's okay. But then, um, it made my 
stomach just kind of fall a little bit because it's like it's a it's the next generation of war it seems even um yesterday was kind of rough for me um i drove in from harlingen and that's that's around when i got when i pulled into town is around when i got news that trump had ordered the uh 50 missiles missiles fired Mm -hmm. and that for me was kind of like like a damn like Mm -hmm. kind of moment you know it's it's kind of stood there like i mean i remember us being at war like when we were like children Mm -hmm. like with like 9-11 happening and then entering into that conflict um but now it's kind of i don't want to say been stagnant but it's been kind of spread out yeah and definitely not as active it doesn't seem i mean at some point we were trying to like get get done i mean be done trying to just kind of stabilize ourselves for a little bit yeah just have some and have some have some a dry year i mean it hasn't even been that now yeah and now this and um i mean a lot of people are saying like like trump's like trying to start a war and it's like well it'll depend on how the syrian government decides to react but very well maybe that's that's definitely in the conversation that there may be a war yeah so so right and i'll and it just again made me self-conscious like okay and I'll be honest with you guys here is like, okay, do I go? Do I stay? Because, like, if I go, okay, I'm fighting a mission. If I stay, I'm here to protect everybody that I know that, that needs to work. Does that make sense? Like, I shoot my pistol. I shoot shotguns. I shoot rifles, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's a heavy dichotomy just to think about because we don't know what's going to happen. This is going to happen for the next few months. This was just the chemical attack, and now we, we answered. There's going to be another answer to that. Yeah. Whatever it is, whether it's an, whether it's silence, which is uh, when ho- hopeful, but we I maybe that's the nerving thing is we are at a point of uncertainty at this moment because of just because of the the, the question and answer that just happened between Syria's motions and then our answer. This is a specific moment of uncertainty that's going to be resolved within the next. Who knows? I mean, honestly, we don't know when. Right. At this De- point. Could happen right now. Definitely a specific moment of uncertainty. Um, leaping into a more general topic on uncertainty. Do you feel like we're constantly living in moments of uncertainty? I think that's why I am trying to learn everything I can every day. Mm. To lessen the uncertainness. Yeah. Because, like, the fasting is like, well, I know it helps me cut weight, but now I know more facts, so I know it also helps my immune system. Yeah. Like... The un- and and it wasn't and for me it's not so much uncertainty but going I don't want to I don't want to die back we've already talked about fucking plenty about fasting but going back to the state of uncertainty I think that's definitely a topic we can we can dive deeper into with more factual stuff and more actual uh, maybe self accounts um, but yeah uncertainty and I uh, that's I definitely feel like that because my brain is nor thinking nor ignoring what's going on but we have no idea what's gonna happen. You know, the next hours, days, months, don't know. Yeah, as long as it hasn't happened, I think we, mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what will happen. Right. So you course. can only make predictions. Yeah, just yes. just 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 go off what but you can still see. Way I too d- many variables for you to guarantee mm-hmm. what will happen. Right. Yeah, there's too many variables. And I I did watch last night. I, I did watch one of the videos of like these uh, of them trying to just wash these kids and men and women off. With a chemical and, of course, people just suffocating themselves. And I, uh, in broad daylight. I mean, sun, the yeah. sun's out. Um, go ahead. I watched... No, I saw the same um, highlight reel. If you, oh, That's terrible to say. Yeah. Rephrase. Edit that out. I saw the same video 
um, that I feel like you're talking about. And like, I just started like bawling my eyes out, man. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't believe like and people all I, did that to other people. Right. And all I think about is fucking train harder. That's all I can think about right now. And like today at the gym, dude, Brian, if you would have been there, you'd have seen my fucking no mercy. Like, like I know you see it most of the time. Right. But I was at fucking level 11 today. What happened? Well, because, dude, 15 minutes before the bell rings, this girl slaps this question on me that re-raises re this uncertainty. So I go to this gym that these people are complaining about pity stuff. And I'm like, I'm not having it today. And I told him why. I told him about, like, this, this little girl thinking about the draft and whether she's telling me the truth about uh, or not about whether she has someone in the someone in the family that maybe can go or is in the family or whatever, um, and a few of them got it and they left me alone in that sense. Like they weren't picking at me. Sometimes we pick. Sometimes they pick me because I'm. Sometimes I'm too serious, which I understand that I am serious. Too serious sometimes. But today was just not a day to push that button. And once I told them my reasoning to why, uh, and I didn't. I didn't even go into the train. I'm just going to the my thought process as far as training now. It's like. Yes, I'm gonna get up early tomorrow and train my ass off and just go shoot my pistol this week and go go clean the shotgun at the ranch, you know, make sure all that stuff's good to go. You know, that that's what I'm thinking of. That's the stuff I'm thinking of. You know, so that at least I can mitigate the uncertainty of can I shoot a gun? Yes. Can I protect those around me? I, I will try my best. I will do what I can. Because the uncertainty level right now of the United States, Syria, ISIS, and Russia in particular, is very unknown right now. So all I'm thinking about is training. You know, that's all I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Where some people are like, oh, my God, I hate Trump. Oh, my God, I, I, I knew Trump was bad. Who gives a fuck? At this point, who gives a fuck? It's about you. If they come into your door, Trump ain't, no one's going to be fucking around for you. That's, that's, that's what I think about. So yeah, so Brian, that that's what I mean at the gym today. It's like, I don't have time. I'm gonna hear. I'm here to beat your ass so you can burn that many more calories. So you can be that much more fit. So that if I tell you to jump, you'll jump a second faster than not. If if I tell you to hit the floor, hit the floor a second faster than I tell you. Um, today there's a lot of burpees, a lot of fucking burpees today. Love it. The last client I had today, she's like, hey, can we take a selfie so I can post about you liking burpees? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure, and I and we took us up, and she's, you know, she posted on social media like this. This guy s says burpees are good, and I said, and going back to my actual mindset versus what I was, you know, relaying out. Um, of course, I think I brought this up to Eddie uh, maybe last week when over extreme ownership of like paranoia. But it's that uncertainty. Well, how do you combat uncertainty? You train, or you study, or you, you prepare. If you're uncertain about the test, you study for a test. If you're uncertain about the, the what's the word I'm looking for, the job interview. Then you make sure you have your facts right, but and be factual. Don't don't freaking lie either. I feel like that goes back to us that we've talked about of you know white lies and you know how that can tell into worse things you know by doing that, and uh, but anyways, um, that's you know that's. That's my mindset about the situation. The uncertainty, fucking train harder. Go to the gym tomorrow. You know, uh, do that. Man, uncertainty is like one big gasoline for you. 
It is. One big gasoline. That made no sense. It's no, like yeah, one no, big that, gasoline that, tank like for gasoline you. Gasoline tank. Yeah, and I guess that that's what you're you're that's a good way to put it, Eddie. That's a good way to put it because it's like that's I'm gonna go. And like um my cousin texted me today, I don't have him this weekend, so he texted me, he's like, Hey man, like I'm sick and whatever. And I was like, eat all of this. <laughs> Kale, carrots, oranges, you know, because he had a cold. So I'm like, eat oranges. And I'm like, but not the fucking orange juice. Eat oranges. Like, he's like, oh, because I'm like, no, there's sugar, artificial sugars in orange juice. Like, no, do not eat, drink orange juice. Eat, peel a damn orange and eat an orange. Supplement it with the fiber it comes with. <laughs> yeah, like the real thing. And then whatever. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he, he did it, whatever. I, I trust him. But uh, because in particular today, you know, um, reeling all this in, reeling, uh, abusing the system, not using the system, pushing the norm, being complacent, being a normal person, doing normal things. I'm not saying I don't push limits some, a bit much too sometimes, but when days like today happen or events like Syria's chemical bombings happen, I hope it gives for those listening gives a better sight to why. Give if I can give you the why, hopefully you can understand and you can have less uncertainty about what I'm doing. A lot of people. A lot of people earlier this week, like, so you haven't eaten, and you haven't. I'm like, you haven't eaten, and you haven't slept. I'm like, no, I've slept plenty. Like, like I said, I told you guys, like, I've, I've had, to, I had to sleep more. Naturally, I had to sleep more to let my body rest. So, uh, I'm like, all that shit's out the fucking window. You know, all of it's out the window. It doesn't matter. And oh, you need to sleep. I'm like, the shit that I'm thinking about is more important than sleep. I'm like, I'm going to sleep when I'm exhausted, and I will sleep at peace. I've said this already. I've, I've, reiterated, I've reiterated this probably time and time again. And for those who talk to me on a daily basis, they know this too, that I will go to sleep when I'm exhausted. And I end up sleeping better anyways because I'm so tired. You know, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, my God, I have work in three hours. I, wake, I go to sleep. My alarm goes off. It's like, okay, time to get up, time to get going again. You know, whatever. Um, let's wrap it up there. Thank you, gentlemen. Very tasty today and very real that I hope for our friends in Houston, I hope you train harder. For our friends in McAllen, train harder. That's what I'm going to leave you with is train harder, work harder. Before we close it out, I do want to leave, uh, I do want the guys to talk their so- or leave their social media on here. I do leave everything in the show notes, but for the sake of uh, planting the seed uh, audibly, if you listen to a podcast, you, you, you do better by listening anyways, more than reading. So... Brian, start with you. Uh, you can all your social media. Just start with whichever way you want. Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Brian Alejandro underscore. That's B R Y A N A L E J A N D R O underscore. And uh, if you want to go ahead and follow me on Instagram, you could do so at the Intranaut underscore. That's T H E I N T R O N A U T underscore. Eddie? My Twitter handle would be at EddieSigns3, E-D-D-I-E-S-A-E-N-Z, number three. Instagram is very similar, only it's E-D-D-I-E underscore S-A-E-N-Z, three. Awesome. Mine is, my Twitter is AndyWalker underscore lead. And then my Instagram is now, I was able to change it just for the sake of, uh, for the sake of having this, this, the same so people have to memorize two different ones. I was able to add lead at the end. So my Twitter and Instagram are now Andy Walker underscore lead. Good deal.
So I was, I was kind of happy. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because Twitter, you can't change it. Instagram, you, you can't. No. no. You used to. Honestly, yeah, you used to. I know at some point I did because I had to. a different name. Right. No, yeah, me too. I, I remember changing everything when you were able to change it. But I know at some point Twitter did do away with that feature. Instagram, however, lets you still do that. So, uh, so I'm able to keep that consistent. You know, Andy Walker underscore lead, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Tumblr again is Kratos dash four dash all dot Tumblr dot com. I've got to drop that your Tumblr is fucking incredible. I love your Tumblr. I pre- and and my Tumblr is my down to the bone thought. If you want. 100% honesty or like sometimes they won't come up to the podcast or or if I see something that doesn't irk me but um, maybe affects me, um, my my Tumblr is – and I just started it. I mean I, I only have a few posts maybe a couple weeks in because um, I just felt I needed to put these thoughts somewhere so I can keep working. It's like the monkey mind that, ta- that Tim Ferriss talks about. This is just another element of – a branch off the podcast where podcasts we talk about these relevant things we talk about what happens day to day in our weeks uh retrospective stuff uh things now i mean i think now i'm gonna start reading like newspaper articles you know finding these things like the what noel posted is like okay cool you know like interesting enough interesting separation that i didn't even know existed you know um and then tumblr lets me just say everything and I, I edit very minimally in the sense of I only do like basically grammar or not grammar, like punctuation edits. Basically, whatever I say there is what I mean to say and I just need to let it out. And that's it. Whoever reads it, cool. If you don't read it, cool. You're listening right now. It's all good. Um, um, I don't promote it. I don't promote it as much. I just promote it that one time that I post it whenever I get it done when it's 3 o'clock in the morning, whether we're on the road. This la- well, One of the last ones I wrote, we're all, literally on the road and I'm – I have my little Bluetooth keyboard, and I have my phone there, and I'm typing. I'm typing as we're going, and the guys are talking about whatever, and it's completely relevant to whatever is on the post, and that's what that is. So Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S, dash four, dash all, dot Tumblr, dot com. Um, one thing that I want you to consider for yourself and for how you communicate with others is uh by using this quote or trying to finding a way to use this quote that I found uh, Jocko podcast episode 66 about minute 48. He's reading, I don't know if it's a letter or like a manuscript that's done by HR McMaster, which I believe he did some type of field manual or something that he, that obviously Jocko uses and military uses. So the quote is you got to come in with your ears open. You can't come in and start talking. You really had to listen to people. 